0: I want to give a short word in season here. Uh, Something that I believe the Lord is doing in our time. John 16, 33 says, In this world you will have trouble. It doesn't say, in this world it's going to be, as soon as you get saved it's going to be easy, it's going to be fun, it's going to be a nice straight path. He doesn't say that, he says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jonathan and I were coming back from the losses, and we were just encouraging each other in the Lord about hard times, about what the Lord does through hard times, about how he shapes us through hard times, how we know that they're coming, and they will and they will come. There's no doubt they will come. One of my mentors once told me, I was telling him about a three-year stretch where it was just extremely hard. And... Amy and I were sitting on the airplane with him and it was just like, we were just rejoicing about how good God was. And he says, he goes, yep. And people think after you go through a really hard time, you're going to be done, but you're not. That was like his word to us. (laughs) We're just like, that's discouraging. (laughs) But it was, you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, that is so true. More hard times will come. And um, I don't want to prophesy that and say, yeah, hey, bring us hard times. We don't ask for that. But we do want to... Jesus incurred, Jesus says this to his disciples. to his, to He teaches that. In this trouble, in this world, you will have trouble. Um, now let's go to Luke twenty two thirty one. 31. Luke 22, 31. And I just want to talk about this trouble because sometimes the trouble is caused by us. We make a poor choice. It's actually we're bearing the consequences of our choice. And the Lord is letting us Bear the consequences of our choice so that we can learn from them i've been there many times but sometimes it's actually satan wants to sift you he wants to destroy your faith luke twenty two thirty one. 31 simon simon behold satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And I went through a stage. Another mentor gave me a word and he said, I was praying and the Lord told me Satan wants to sift Brian. And I was like that's weird and also a little bit insulted because certainly my faith is stronger than most people's (laughs) and but I watched as I look back over the years I watched as the Lord put me in multiple spots where I could choose do I want to go the way of the world and just lose that true faith do I want to let the world choke out my faith and, I, and it was a terribly tough choice for me. And there was a time when I went down that road of, I want what the world has. I'm going to give up my faith for the world. It wasn't like, just like I'm giving up my faith, but it was a very real struggle of like, do I be obedient to what the Lord has called me? Or do I go down this path that the enemy has made really easy for me to start going down to become rich and just have financial blessing? And it was a struggle for me it just was and the lord and i know like looking back i'm like that was that was part of the sifting work satan was he was giving me that chance to fall away from the lord at that point in my life and so i want to encourage everybody i want to encourage you guys today when you go through hard times be mindful that the enemy wants to sift you he wants to take your faith and destroy it. And he's going to put really good opportunities in front of you to doubt the word of the Lord, to doubt what God has said, to doubt prophecies that have been spoken over you, to doubt the decisions you have made. You know there's we always make a decision. It's almost always the Lord comes up, comes upon us. And the Holy Spirit is convicting us and we're feeling the presence of the Lord. We make a decision to go further into him where we say, Lord, refine us. Or we say, Lord, I want, to, I want to live a life. thats I want to be more obedient to you. I'm going to make a choice of obedience. And then there's a time when the Lord's like, I'm going to watch this work and I'm going to give that person a lot of grace. And then I'm going to let them, as they get more mature, I'm going to let them start to walk a little bit more and see what happens. And he t- starts to test the works Test our works. He says, I'm going to test everybody's works with fire. And so he starts to test our works that we've been doing. And so I cannot encourage you strongly enough. The enemy wants to sift you. Jesus says it to Peter, his boldest, most out there disciple, the guy who jumps out of the boat to go walk on water with Jesus. That's the guy. He says, hey, just want you to know, you're going to get sifted. Here's how the enemy is going to do it, and have fun with that. And when you come back, strengthen your brothers. And so even though Peter knew, it still was a major struggle for him to not lose his faith, to say, do I give up my faith for fear of man because I don't want people talking bad about me to ruin my reputation? Is that what pulls my faith away? (laughs) Don't let that pull your faith away. It's not worth it. Don't let the things of this world pull your faith away. It says strive to enter his rest. And in that, we can be obedient. How do we enter his rest? We're obedient to him. We put our faith in him. We put our trust in him. And Candace and and Eric are in that spot where the enemy wants to destroy their faith. And he's saying, I'm going to do that. And it's important that we encourage them and say, don't let your faith be destroyed. We know hard times are are here to stay. They're coming, they'll be always in waves, but the Lord restores. And when people come back that I know have been sifted by the Lord, it's like their faith is now made of iron. They now have a different thing about them. They have a walk where you go, They have authority over the enemy's power in their life now where they did not before. They walk with a confidence. You can feel the Holy Spirit walk in the room when they walk in the room. The words that come out of their mouth are filled with fire. And that's only from, in my experience, that's the only way I've seen that type of thing take place is when the Lord starts to take them through hard times. and Charlotte, could you guys come up here real quick? Jeb and Sharla went through a season of sifting where the enemy actually wanted to destroy Jeb's life. Can you talk about what happened to your heart during that time and what in the hospital when you're going, hey, let's make decisions on what we do with our will? Who gets what? What do we do with our life, our business? What does Sharla do when Jeb dies? Talk about
1: what the Lord did to you guys. The warning.
2: We weren't prepared for this.
1: <laughs> First off, I can't thank you enough for the power of prayer. The amount of people who who prayed for us, but is overwhelming. But the power of prayer is there, and I can feel it, basically on my deathbed. Yeah. You know, when you have COVID, you're not allowed to see anybody. So all I saw was doctors and nurses and for four, 15 days in ICU, and, and uh, as far as what the Lord did to my heart, obviously I was saved before I went in. He's always crushed me before, and one of our good friends always says it's better to throw yourself upon the rocks than get thrown upon the rocks, and just let the Lord do what He wants to with your heart, and when you're on your deathbed, and you're there, and I sell insurance for a living, so I sell a lot of life insurance. I sell a lot of property and casualty insurance, and I've been doing it for a long time. But the best insurance we have is in Jesus Christ, and it was free. And when you're there, of course, I didn't plan on being there at 45, but I had to FaceTime my wife, who was a rock, (laughs) without the interaction with her and her praying for me and everybody else praying for me. when you get there, you don't have, I mean, nothing else matters my office didn't matter my my I mean what I drive what I have anything doesn't matter all you have is you and Jesus and I literally I crawled up in the uh, lap of Jesus on the night that I was in my worst shape I was five percent away from being on a ventilator and the doctors and nurses really don't give you any encouragement or hope They kind of are just blunt with you because they've been through this and they've seen people die even though they give them the the little hope. So they try not to give you false hope, which is good. But I basically just went to bed that night. I had a nurse that just says, hey, I think you need some rest. And so he gave me a Benadryl to help me sleep. And he goes, don't you worry about a thing. And I just cried out to the Lord that night. I said, Lord, I know being with you is going to be amazing. And I know that... I have an awesome life here on earth, but I just begged for mercy and grace that I could turn for the better. Because I sat there for eight days and didn't get better. And it's hard to see your numbers go down, and you can't do anything about it. And so you literally are just throwing your heart and everything up to the Lord and just just praying for healing. And my wife was amazing, too. She's a prayer warrior. And uh, that's what helped me through. I could feel the power of the prayers that night. I got up the next morning, or I woke up, didn't get up, because I could hardly get up. Um, And my my oxygen level was at 95, and 100 to 100 is not good. And I was at 70, so I had started going the first time in eight days. I started going the right direction. (laughs) When I realized I was going to live, of all things, a Catholic priest walks in. And I don't know him. He goes, hey, I know you're not Catholic, but I could see that you love Jesus. Can I anoint you with our oil? And I was like, absolutely. So I just laid my heart out to the Lord and let him anoint me and wash over me. And just I mean, basically heal me inside and out. Amen. Mm-hmm. And it's just a story that all obviously it's just we call it the Great Reset. The Lord worked on a lot of things in my heart while I was in there about things you just take care of. You don't need so much crap. You don't need so much busyness. I'm the busiest guy you've ever met. <laughs> and it's just good just to be him and me. Amen. Amen. And to be soft and just try to flow with him on a daily basis and continue to pray and stay in his word. I had a great relationship with the Lord. I didn't do a lot of reading. And being able to be able to read the Bible and get back in his word and have that sword in your back pocket basically. To fight the enemy and the things coming at me has been great. But obviously, (laughs) I want to be a better dad and a better husband. And just help my family grow closer to the Lord. And continue to have a soft heart and not just try to go back to the old ways. And it's easy to flip back into those areas. And and just to be able to, to do what we were able to come through and the Lord to shine. And the power of the prayers that people. I mean, I had thousands of people praying for me. And I just can't thank them enough. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's asking me and telling me, asking me how we're doing. And I'm like, and they're saying, I'm sorry, you probably get to ask a ton. I said, you know what? I appreciate it. Thanks so much for caring enough to pray. And so I'll obviously reciprocate that. And I pray for a lot more people now. And uh, I'm very, very blessed. Amen. Amen. Anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, no. Has your, has
0: your faith been strengthened or weakened from that
2: experience? <laughs> Obviously strengthened. <laughs> but um, I think, looking back on it, we had good friends that would come over. Well, I couldn't see anyone. I was in isolation. So when I was finally able to see someone, and I looked at him and I said, "This is gut wrenching." And I said, "But you know what?" I said, "I feel." this strength that I've never felt like, even if he doesn't make it, we will be okay. We will be able to walk with the Lord, and we will be able to keep our kids close, and we will be okay. And it was, looking back, I mean, I'm so glad he's here. I'm so glad that's not the path the Lord chose, but I could feel the strength and the confidence of the Lord and the peace as we were walking through it. I didn't ever feel like, oh my goodness, we won't be able to make it. I just Looking back, I was like, I'm so thankful for the presence of the Lord and the strength of the Lord and the peace of the Lord that just goes beyond any understanding. Because in the heart of it, when it was the roughest, I knew that either way, the Lord would would carry us through and we'd be able to walk with Him. And that is was the most amazing part, just feeling the Lord speak to me as we went you will be okay. And I knew that we would because we'd be able to have the Lord be with us, whatever the outcome was. But we're very thankful for the outcome that he gave us.
0: Amen. So after Jesus says to, to uh, Peter, you're going to be sifted. He says, when you have returned, strengthen your brothers. There's something that happens where you can speak with authority that you did not have before and you can speak to that person and the Holy Spirit is injected into them. It's so good.